What's better than this? Guys being guys being guys being guys being guys, guys being dudes. What is up, everybody? Year six, episode six. We've been doing this for a minute here on Pat's Interference, a college football podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this is going to be um, a pretty eventful episode, if I might say. This is probably the first one of the regular season that we're going to have where we really have, a, 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 I guess, an honest, serious discussion about COVID and, and, and its effect on the season because it, it has been a week so far, especially for two guys that work in sports media. Um, so I am uh, host number two, Patrick Brickman, joined by clearly who the fans would refer to as host number one, Patrick Norwood, uh, the, uh, the greater of the two. How are you doing, bud? I'm good. I would say that you're host number one since we named the podcast after you. No, we named it after you. See see how good of friends we are and how well we get along, everybody? Hey, number two. Hey, number one. It's a Scrubs reference. Scrubs, official sponsor of Pat's Interference. Everybody, thank you so much to, for listening to our college football podcast. Uh, you can find us on social media because I didn't do this last week, so I'm going to get it out of the way right now. And I on, never do it. On Twitter, <laughs> at PI underscore podcast. On Facebook, by searching... Pat's Interference, that's P-A-T apostrophe S Interference, or you can go to our website at patsinterference.com. Feel free to email us at patsinterference at gmail.com. I don't think we've ever had an email from someone who listened to the show, so if you'd like to be the first person, go ahead. I get a lot of personal emails from the female listeners to oh. my personal email of this. Yeah, they, they say things like, wow, your voice sounds so cute. I wonder what the face looks like. And then I send them a picture, and then I never hear back. I... <laughs> uh yeah well that's what happens when skylar handles our emails our intern skylar um we uh we had a good week last week for college football there was, was a big slate there's a big slate storm and mormons charged the field friday and absolutely whooped the tar out of boise state 51 17 zach wilson that, one, the real that one that one went way I, how was that one so off my radar god bless you Thank you. Sorry, I just I muted my my mic and then sneezed, so no one heard me sneeze. Oh, he's he totally just sneezed in my ear. I'm glad he muted the <laughs> mic. That was a that was a very quick move. Um, no, that the the BYU game um completely was off my radar. And yes, obviously Zach Wilson uh he went off again. He had uh, 360 and three touchdowns, only through six incompletions, and should absolutely be a Heisman candidate. I wouldn't call him a favorite yet. But he should be in that top five or six, right? Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I wish they would play someone bigger. Um, but Boise State's about as big as you can get in the G5. I'd say, I mean, they're the, they are the G5 school of the season. You know, there's always one. There's, there's always, always one. one. Right? Well, there's always the one flavor from the G5, and BYU is, has earned that right. Cincinnati is another one. The but Cincinnati I've, Bearcats would like a word with you, sir. I know, I know, but but BYU is the is the the one that's gonna get. I mean, I know they're actually high ranked higher. I think Cincinnati's six or five now somehow, but um, it's gonna be it's gonna be BYU just because of Zach Wilson and 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 not. I'm not saying playoff, just who's gonna get more right. written about them right now, and and you know they're well, and they're a sexier choice, right? Exactly, exactly. That's all, I'm trying, to say. I understand. Oh, that's all no, I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to say. Cincinnati's seven. Cincinnati's number seven. Sorry. You also Sorry, had a doozy with Derek King and company traveling to Raleigh, North Carolina for Miami NC State. He had 430 yards, could not be stopped. Miami did need a late charge to win this one, but now they're a top 10 program, Brick. So who really won that game? I'm, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Miami. Um, do you think they figured it out? Or do you think we're just seeing Miami take on teams that are just getting worse and worse as the season goes on? You asking me if the Hurricanes haven't figured out? Is that what are you asking if like Miami's figured it out since the Clemson loss? Yes. No, no, no. I would no. say I'm asking. I'm oh. well. Yeah, actually, I am. I'm asking. Have they gotten better, or is it just the fact that their competition's that bad? I would say that. Besides that, remember when they beat Louisville and they looked really good doing it, and then they beat FSU, but everybody looks good beating FSU? I would say that they haven't looked good since that FSU game because they got destroyed by Clemson. Yes. They Despite having with, three blocked kicks. Right. Despite having three blocked click, click, click I can't talk. Um, uh, 42-17. I'm just going to move past that sentence. Okay. Um, good job, Farkhorn and Leghorn. They, they struggle against Pitt, who was without their far and away their best player in Kenny Pickett. They beat... Virginia by five, and they needed a late surge to do that, and then they barely beat Virginia, uh, NC State. You know, they beat them by three. Um, 
we, you and I had a problem with their line against Virginia Tech that we're going to talk about, but I, I would say that they have been really, really, really unimpressive in, in the second month of the season. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. I think Derek King's a great player, but I think you take him out of that offense and they are losing probably two of those three games them. you just mentioned. Yeah, He's carrying yeah, them. For sure, for sure. But we'll, we'll see if they can figure it out next week. Again, they did get an extra day uh, to kind of rest and, and watch film and everything, so... Hopefully they've figured it out a little bit better so we got more of a competitive game against Virginia Tech. Uh, let's move on to the marquee matchup from the game from the day. Uh, you had Houston at Cent- – no, I'm kidding. Uh, you had Clemson at Notre Dame. Crazy game, double overtime game. Uh, game. You had Notre Dame winning 47-40. to Clemson dropping their first regular season game in, what, three years? Two I years? I think it was since 2018. Yeah. So two years, yeah. Yeah, two years. Uh uh, Kyron Williams is just a boss. I, I, I mentioned him last week on the podcast because he, he only call. had he only had six less yards, six fewer yards than uh, Travis Etienne on the season. He was picking up blitzes like nobody's business. I don't know how much of this game you're able to watch, but their passing game, a large part of Ian Book's success can be directly correlated to Kyron Williams' blocking ability. Um, it, it was a great game. It was really back and forth. It looked like Clemson was just sort, going to sort of blow the doors off him in the second half like they had done the week before to BC, uh, but that was not the case. Uh, as Ian Book led the boys down the field and the Domers get the dub, Brick, if this team, if these two teams had a rematch with Trevor Lawrence, do you think Clemson wins? Do you think it is close? And do you think, given another shot, DJ Uyunglele, yes, I've been practicing, could actually win this game? Uh, yeah, I mean, he could have won the game. But I, I would think if they played again this week on a neutral field, I think Clemson would win by a few scores. Uh, they had a lot of self-imposed penalties and mistakes in this game that they don't normally make. Uh, turnovers returned for touchdowns, um, uncharacteristic fumbles, and... Uh, Notre Dame took advantage of all of them. Uh, Clemson doesn't usually make those mistakes. I, would, I wouldn't say for sure that Clemson would win. We see that Notre Dame can stack up against them, and we've seen that Clemson is more beatable than we thought in September. But I do think Clemson's still the better team, and I still, if I was forced to choose one to be in the playoff right now, I would still go with Clemson because I think they will play again, and I think Clemson will win that game in Charlotte. Is that where they play it? Uh, yes, the thing that scares me the most about this game, if you're Clemson, is your premier player on the field now, right, is Tra- uh, Travis Etienne, right? And he touched the ball uh, 18 times, is that right? Am I reading that right? Yeah, 18 carries. He had 28 yards, Brick. That's it. 28 what? yards on 18 carries. That can't what- happen. That's what happens when, when you when you try to force a, a, a true freshman to throw against you. And it was a good call. I mean, uh, DJ Uyunglele threw for, uh, I, eh, maybe got that right, 439. You, you, you almost got it, yeah. I mean, 430. So it, it, I still think it was the right call by Notre Dame to stack. I mean, they were stacking the box from what I saw in the second half, at least, just daring to, to the uh, Thanos to, to beat them. But, um, I don't know. I mean, it was good. It was, it was, Clemson did a good job working around it. And yes, Thanos did a great job handling that kind of pressure. He played, he balled out. Yeah. I mean, he almost, he almost had 450 yards passing. It's not right. like he was playing poorly. Um, he didn't throw a pick. He, he didn't turn the ball over. But one thing that I did notice about him is he reminds me a lot of Jalen Hurts in the, in the early going. When Jalen would, you know, the pocket would break down his first year at Alabama, what would he do? He's immediately getting out of the pocket and trying to run. There's there's yes. no throwing away. There's no check downs. It is, I need to escape and start running. And That's sometimes that works out. That's I Trevor Lawrence might have won that game for that. Like, people, I've seen people discussing, well, if Trevor Lawrence is on the field, would Clemson have won? I can't say definitively. I think they might have. I mean, Cle- Trevor Lawrence is, is so good at picking out the blitzes and getting the, he doesn't get hit. He never takes big right. hits. And you remember in overtime, double overtime, you know, Clemson's drive, they needed to tie it up. And two straight sacks on DJ. Yes. I don't know that I don't know that the Trevor takes either of those sacks. Um, especially one of them per, in particular, he held onto the ball when nothing was there, and he could have gotten out of that play or something. I I don't know what would have happened. Um, it was a very valiant effort by him, and we could clearly see why he was, you know, such a highly regarded quarterback last year in high school. And and the it 
it is going to piss off the rest of the ACC because you're going to watch that and, and you're going to be like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to leave and they're going to have this guy throwing the ball. I mean, when are we going to beat these guys? But yeah, hats off to Notre Dame. I mean, the game plan was great. They took advantage of Clemson's mistakes. They came into play. They weren't scared. Uh, like you said, Kyron Williams is awesome. Ian Book was better than I've ever seen him play, and and again in a big game, I mean, and yeah, right, and they they did what they had to do, and and I mean they're in a they're in their own driver's seat now. Yeah, I, I didn't for I, sure. I didn't think Notre Dame was that good. I, no, I got to be honest. I I didn't I didn't either. I think you and I both predicted double digit. Uh, Double digit, uh, double digit win. Excuse me for Clemson. Um, time of possession was about even. First downs were dead even. Um, the Notre Dame drive uh, to end the game with 22 seconds left. Eight plays, 91 yards, a minute and 26, and Ian Book leads him down the field. This is what impressed me about Ian Book and the reason that I stopped at the turnover stat. Notre Dame had one turnover. Do you remember what it was in that game? It was the it was the one that was returned for a score. It was. Uh, Ian Book, I don't know if Oh, no, no, sorry, 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 sorry. I thought you meant, sorry, I thought you meant Notre Dame had one takeaway. No, 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 no. Notre Dame had one turnover. Ian Book scrambling, uh, and I, I, I believe he got hit awkward and was trying to reach the ball out or just didn't have a good uh, grip on the ball. Lost it. Clemson goes down the field, scores, takes the lead. And at that point, I, I thought it was over. I, I didn't. Yes. I really didn't think that Ian Book was going to be. He looked like he wanted nothing to do with the rest of that game after that happened. Uh, but I stood corrected. He, he stood in the pocket. He was making good throws. He's making good decisions. He was getting out with his legs and uh, and making things happen when nothing was there. Um, and you know, a lot of people have been putting Ian Book up pretty high on their on their NFL mock drafts and things like that. And I don't really agree with that, um, especially because I think this is a very deep year as far as quarterbacks are concerned. However, if you want a guy who looks NFL ready, Ian Book looked as close as you can get on Saturday. I mean, he looked good uh, on that last drive. You know, obviously he's 22 for 39. It's not like he's moving mountains, but he also had over 300 yards in the touchdown. Um, and he didn't get rattled when he could have gotten rattled. He's matured a lot since, you remember, the e the early days of Ian Book when they're getting crushed by uh, Clemson in the playoff, or I believe it was Ohio State maybe. Um, that was Clemson, yeah. It, it was, was like Clemson. a 38, it was it was like a yeah, 31, right. 38-7 win. I mean, yeah, yeah you, you do, you do the, the difference between those two games. Yeah, and he's, he's grown a lot. He's grown a lot. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens uh, for the rest of the season. The Fighting Irish, their schedule's not, uh, not super tough. They're at Boston College, at North Carolina, at Wake Forest, and they get Syracuse at home. I'm not seeing any of those games that really worry me. Uh, the Wake Forest game on December 12th is a makeup game. Um, so it may just be kind of awkward playing that late. I think the team with the best chance to beat Notre Dame to this point is Boston College, uh, and that'll have to be next week. Clint, or Notre Dame's going to be riding high after win, but yep. you know they are going on the road, and they could have a little bit of hangover, uh, emotional hangover from beating the number one team in the country. I want to talk to you right quick. Actually, I'm going to save this for my sound off. How's that? Never mind. I'm, I was going to talk about rushing the field, but I'm going to save it for my sound off. All right, that's fine. All right, let's move on. Uh, Rutgers, did, Georgia. Oh, Rutgers, Rutgers did not beat Ohio State. Uh, yeah, Florida, Georgia, the cocktail party. Kyle Trask, man, 474 yards, skyrocketed through the Heisman rankings this year. Uh, Georgia, Brick, you called it. Georgia should have switched quarterbacks during the Kentucky game. If they were going to do it, that was the game to do it. And they didn't do it, and nothing got done, and their quarterback stat line is atrocious from this game. It combines 9 for 29, 112 yards, average 4 yards per pass, two touchdowns, three picks. That's between Stetson Bennett and Dewan Mathis, who came in later in the game. The offense did seem to click a little bit better with Dewan Mathis, but not that much better. Is George uh, George is in some serious trouble. I don't know what to, I don't know what that was. I don't know what that game was. I mean, I know I think we both last week picked Florida to win, but I did it I, by the by the skin of my teeth. I thought Florida might win. I, I mean, forty four twenty eight. It wasn't the, the the final score didn't even feel that close. Uh, Florida really took their foot off the gas in the second half. They were up thirty eight, I think thirty eight twenty one at half. Yep. Um The the roster is mismanaged. The, the Especially a quarterback, right? Kirby Smart has done nothing but mismanage his quarterback since he's been there. He should have right. 
Justin Fields throwing the ball right now, and he doesn't because he mismanaged that situation. Um, and, and now this this is atrocious. I, I mean, to you you he's don't let's not forget that he started the season with Dewan Mathis, did he not? That was his initial starting quarterback. He yes. didn't get it done. Correct. They put in Setson Bennett. He played barely better, but not much, but enough to win with the defense being what it well, was at the time. Yeah, also against Arkansas. Against Arkansas, right? What was the point of taking in JT Daniels as a transfer if you have no intention to use him with your season on the line and he's been cleared? Right. No intention. If you're gonna go, if you're gonna take in JT Daniels, a proven starter, a former five star, you know, a guy that. You've cleared medically, by the way. What was the point of taking him in if when your season is on the line against Florida and you need a spark, you're putting back into Juan Mathis, a true freshman that clearly doesn't have it yet? What is the, re- what, what is the reason for that? Yeah. Why do you have him on the roster? When well, right. you already had Jamie Newman. So taking in JT Daniels factored, obviously factored into, into Jamie Newman's decision to leave. Right. Um, I, don't, I don't know how poorly let me say this i don't know if it's just the fact that you've got one quarterback who plays really well at practice and then you've got jt daniels who just he seriously just may not have it anymore too that's something that could happen that um could, that could be true but we haven't got even gotten a chance to see it in the game no, and you're using no, we have, but that's, over him. that was the point i was going to make is how how is he not even getting a shot at this point what did they I mean, have to lose they were already down Three scores? Why do you put Mathis back? I, this is what I don't understand. At least figure out if you have... While you're down at that point, at least figure out what you have in JT Daniels. And maybe, just maybe, he leads the team back a little bit. Maybe right. he's... You know, they... they Four only scored six in the second half. Here's the thing. I, I know Georgia's defense is not what it was at the beginning of the season. Because, you know, losing um, uh, the, the safety... Um, help me out with his name. He, he He's out. Uh... He's their best player. Um, I don't know why I'm not thinking of it right now, but just blanking. It's okay. It's 2020. Keep going. You're on a roll. I know it's driving me nuts, though. Um, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, their defense is not the same as it was at the beginning of the season, right? And Florida's offense is only getting better. Um, I distracted myself not knowing his name. Uh, Richard LeCount. Okay, there I'm back go. on track. LeCount. Having, Le, having LeCount out is, is huge. Uh, and the defense has been banged up. This entire team is banged up. The offensive line has been banged up. Running backs, everything. They've, they've been through the ringer. Uh, they've had to miss games because of COVID. Uh, I believe they had to miss at least one. They are this week. Nope. Are they playing this week? They're out. They're out they canceled yesterday. Georgia they've been is through out. The they've had positive tests. Yeah. It's well. But in the process of that... Kirby Smart has done a bad job managing his roster. While Florida, they lost to AM, then they had to miss a game. They didn't skip a beat. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I, I really do think that the team's trajectories, and this isn't something that I think is going to change going into next season either, because it's not like Georgia's just going to magically have the answer. There is no reason on this planet, if you go back and look at Georgia's recruiting classes, that they should not be national contenders every single season for the next decade. I'm not being. No. This isn't a hyperbolic statement. No, they, they recruited at Alabama, Ohio State level. Yes, they have a top four recruiting class every single year for the past six years. There is no reason that they should not be mowing down this Florida team who couldn't beat Texas A&M. This Georgia defense gave up 571 yards. They only had 12 first downs, and they had three turnovers. They can't take care of the ball anymore. What did Georgia do against Alabama late in the game that really shot them in the foot? Threw two picks. They turned the ball over constantly, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not sure this is Georgia's last loss of the season. I, uh, I'm really not, not at this point. Um, who do they have left? They've got Missouri, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. I, 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 I Look... I'm not saying that I'm going to call one of those games as an upset necessarily because of X, Y, and Z, other than the fact that I'm not sure that Kirby Smart can get it done. You want to know the stat that I read the other day. Kirby Smart only has one more win than Mark Richt did at this point in his career at Georgia. And it's the same exact conference record. That's unbelievable to me. But Richt had two SEC titles at this point. Yes, yes. And Kirby has one, to his credit, and he also was, you know... 
one really, really bad safety play away from probably winning a national title. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think the the corridor for Georgia is getting narrower and narrower to really bust through that ceiling. Because um, again, you look at next season, it's not like they've got anybody coming into the quarterback position who's going to blow your socks off. No, and now Florida surpassed them at least for the time being. At least Georgia had the size of when when Kirby Smart got to Georgia, um, and had Rick's recruits. There was a huge gap between Georgia and the rest of the SEC East. Florida was still floundering with uh, McIlwain or was coming off of McIlwain. I don't know about when that was. There was nobody in the East that could even threaten Georgia. So it was like, maybe they're not ready yet to beat Alabama. We didn't know, even though they actually were ready to beat them in year two. Maybe they're not ready to beat but they're going to win the East. right? There's nobody they're challenging. Now Florida surpassed them. Um, Right. That's about it in the East. You know, I would love to throw Tennessee in there, but we've... (laughs) <laughs> Come on. Uh, for a minute there, we, we wanted to talk about them like they were an ascending program. They're not. They're not. Uh, it, but hey, you know, South Carolina could nail their next tire. Who knows? Uh, you know, well, here's here's the last thing I want to talk about from that Hugh game. Hugh Freeze of South Carolina. You heard it here first. Uh, oh, God. Uh, the last touchdown Georgia had in this game was when they were down 20 points with 40 seconds left in the third quarter. And the drive took six and a half minutes. There was no sense of urgency from Georgia in the fourth quarter whatsoever. It was like they had already given up. That's a Kirby issue. At some point, that's a Kirby issue. Look at all of the games that they've lost. Second and 26, he blames his uh, his safety on the play for not leaking back and covering the sideline. You look at the SEC title game. Well, the fake punt wasn't my fault. It was a great call. They just didn't hike the ball quick enough and execute. And then Justin Fields transfers. And now you've got these two games, one against Alabama, where, let's be honest, that was an issue of coaching. You need to run the ball if running the ball is working. And then this game against Florida, where they get absolutely thrashed by a team who is supposed to be your biggest rival. It's, It's just, it's bad. It's bad. It's a bad look for Kirby. Uh, I don't obviously I don't think Georgia's gonna make a move and move on anytime soon. I don't even think Kirby's on the hot seat. But this season can't get any worse for Georgia than it is right now if they want to have a realistic shot at making it to a bigger stage in college football within the next four years. It's not happening this year. They'll they'll probably hit the transfer market again at quarterback because you know they have I mean they have him and they have Mathis and they have Carson Beck. He was a four star from last year committed. I don't know why you know, he's not even being mentioned, but um, remember, he was actually committed to Alabama uh, for yes. several months. Um, it's just roster mismanagement right now. I it mean, really they is. have the talent, and, and I know they're banged up, and I guess the Georgia fans' hope is that they fix the quarterback position and everybody's healthy next year, and they, you know, they're a completely different team, but Florida has ascended. They are here now. Yes. They've made it to contention status, right? They lost to AM. By a last-second field goal, where would Florida be ranked had they had had that not happened? Had they uh, beat top three? It had to be a top, top three, three team, right? So they're a field goal away from being a top three team, which tells me they're here. They're in contention. They're not a favorite, but they're there. They're in the, they're in the top eight or so teams that are vying for a title, and Georgia is outside of those eight. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's and not I think... going. That cannot feel. That that was not supposed to happen yet. If you're Georgia, and I'm I'm going to ask you, are you buying or selling uh, Kyle Trask? I've got to stop selling them. I got to buy them at some point. I've never really been a big Trask point. guy, but I've got to. I mean, I have to jump on at some point and doing what he did to George. If I can't jump on after that, then I don't know when I'm going to. Yep, that's a good call. That's a good call. We're gonna move on. Texas A&M taking care of South Carolina. South Carolina kicked a field goal with about six minutes left uh, <laughs> in this game. There were some rumors that uh, Will Muschamp was gonna get fired this week, but I guess that didn't happen. It's hard uh, to, to do with, with the current state of things. Sure. Sure, but uh, that's that's just rough. Kellen Mond threw for 224 yards. It looks like Texas A&M has worked out a bunch of the kinks that who, they've had. Who, who's out the door first at their current school? Will Muschamp or uh, Derek Mason? Oh, Muschamp. Okay. Muschamp. Muschamp's got a much, much shorter leash than Derek Mason does. And I think, you know, you look back to, okay, it was only two years ago that Derek Mason actually had uh, Vanderbilt as a 7-8 win program. I mean, it's not... It's not that far out of the realm of possibility that he could lead them to a 10-win season at some point, right? I don't think you can look at Muschamp and say the same thing in South Carolina. 
I don't think there's any. I mean, I think his fate was sealed. Unless South Carolina, well, who do they have left? I mean, I think they could win their next three games. Um, uh, if they beat Georgia, I guess that might potentially save them during a COVID year. But yeah. now, granted, I will not be surprised if Derrick Mason gets fired this year. But if you're looking at the two programs and how long their leashes are, Vanderbilt's leash is a lot longer for a football coach than South Carolina's. Whose seat is hotter, Harbaugh's or Muschamp's? <sighs> Harbaugh. I think the deal's already. I mean. The deal's done with Muschamp. He can yeah. win out and still get fired. Um, Harbaugh's, they, like, that's... And I guess that's kind of contradictory of myself then, but I, I, I think I think Muschamp's fate is already sealed. I think Harbaugh's on the hotter seat just because it's still kind of a question mark more than a period, but there are some fed-up Michigan fans. Hey, let's talk about that Michigan team. How did they do this week? They lost by 17 to Iowa. Let's talk about that game a little Indiana, bit. Indiana, even worse. Indiana, I'm sorry, I said Iowa. Uh... It's time, right? It's time for Harbaugh to go. The yes, it, the, you can because I mean this is year six, seven, right? So you know early on the excuses were well he doesn't have his recruits in, right? Then it was he was just sort of middling enough to uh, we pay him a lot of money. He's still a big name. He still brings a lot of excitement. Uh, a little too premature. This is year seven. You just lost by six seventeen sixteen. To Indiana. And I know this is supposed to be a pretty decent Indiana team. And this team even had a little bit of hype going into the year. But you're Michigan. You don't lose to Indiana. You don't lose to Michigan State that, the way that you just did. I mean, I if last the Michigan State worst was lost was worse, I cannot talk today. But the Indiana. And then they got to play Wisconsin this week, right? This is a Wisconsin team that's been dealing with COVID out the wazoo. They've missed two weeks. Um, they haven't even had a chance to get into a groove yet. Yeah. Keep an eye on that Rutgers game, man, in two weeks. All right, look. Penn look. State 0-3 right now. If they lose two of the next three, Harbaugh's finished. Uh, I, I, Well, no, I think he's done. I think if they lose to Wisconsin, that's to be expected at this point with this Michigan roster. If they lose to Rutgers or Penn State or Maryland, I think he's gone directly after those games. The I'm only thing that would save it is the win. At that point, the only thing, if he beats Ohio State, I'll... I mean, he's back. He's, they bring him back, but and see, but this is going to be a strange year for coach firings because again, it is a COVID year. Right. Nobody wants to do a coaching search in the middle of COVID. Plus, even really bigger than that, because phone calls and Zoom exists, but bigger than that is you know these schools that have lost so much revenue, right? Being able to afford. I know that they're playing football, which is huge for these schools, but most of the other sports are not going to make the money, and really, they're not making as much money off of football as they're used to. So, like, for Auburn, if they wanted to get rid of Malzahn this year, uh, he did a lot to save his job with their big win over LSU, but let's say they still want to. The buyout, it's, gonna, it's just harder for teams to afford these buyouts, right? Even if FSU wanted to get rid of Mike Norvell after this year, they can't. His buyout's insane. They just got him. Auburn, Michigan. these coaches, Virginia they, Tech. Virginia Tech. I don't know if they'll be able to. They might. Virginia but Tech's won't see buyout many... on Fuente is like $15 million right now. <laughs> that's crazy. It's massive. Man. It is a massive buyout. And that's that's what I mean. Is I've, I've talked to a Michigan fan and a, a, a friend of the program multiple times about firing Harbaugh, and I even said that they should do it last year. Uh, and his argument has always been, yeah, but who do we go get? This was our home run hire. This was yeah. the guy who was going was to lead Michigan best, back. That was their best case scenario hire at the time. They got the guy. I mean, the Miami Dolphins wanted Harbaugh. Yes. When 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 Michigan, I mean, he chose he chose Michigan over NFL opportunities. Yes. So I I don't know. I Michigan's got to get rid of him, but that that follow up hire has to be massive, and I'm just not sure that that's there right now. Uh, flip side of the ball, uh, let's talk about this Indiana team. Michael Penix Jr. The big six foot three lefty threw the ball fifty times in this game, completed thirty passes, had three hundred and forty two yards, three touchdowns, leading the team down the field. Uh it's a fun team to watch. I don't know how much Indiana football you've watched this year. They're a really, really fun group to watch. They've also they've got a great running back in uh Stevie Scott the third. He's got he had twenty four carries for almost a hundred yards and two touches on Saturday against Michigan. I mean, this is a really really fun team to watch. The defense swarms to the ball, really good at getting to the quarterback. However, I'm still not buying Indiana right now. I like them. I think they're really really fun to watch. But their big wins were a questionable win in overtime against Penn State when they went for two. 
uh, who now that we kind of know about Penn State isn't that big. They did have a 16-point win over Rutgers, but it's it's Rutgers, and you played them. Uh, oh, they played them on the road, excuse me. And then you got Michigan at home. Michigan's going through their own sort of troubles right now. Michigan State, Ohio State, and Maryland are next for Indiana, and then that's followed by Wisconsin. If Indiana can win three of those games, I'll say they're legit. But right now, I'm just not quite ready to buy Indiana, despite the fact that they're tied uh, for the lead in the Big Ten East. What are we talking about buying them as? Are we talking about buying a playoff them as contender, the... a Big Ten contender? Uh, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to call any of that when you're looking down the barrel at Ohio State at the end of the conference. I mean, yes. it's hard to project to anybody other than maybe Wisconsin on on the right day beating Ohio State. Yes. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. But again, nothing. Don't especially now that Penn State's zero three. It's it's not taking anything away from Indiana. Absolutely it not. Really isn't. Um, also, I could, I definitely I definitely pronounced his name as Phoenix on TV the other day. Yeesh. Yes, sir. Was that intentional? Was that was that a little Brickman jab, or was that a legitimate phallic mistake? I will neither confirm nor deny. Ah, boy. There it is. There he is. All right. Let's get to it. Uh, Chanticleers won again. Chant's up. They're number 15 in the country, Brick. Everybody needs to watch out for the Chanticleers. Uh, Iowa State knocked off Baylor, but just barely. Uh, we saw shades of Charlie Brewer coming back. Shades of it, uh, but not enough. Um, the other game I really wanted to talk about, you did have Texas beating uh, West Virginia. You had Liberty beating Virginia Tech. That's the game I kind of want to stop on right now before I talk about <laughs> our last game, which was Arizona State-USC. But right now, let's talk about Liberty-Virginia Tech. Did you see how that game ended? I did see how that game ended. I would love to explain it. So, yeah, go ahead go ahead and tell me what happened. The game was nuts, by the way. It was back and forth the entire time. It was really, really frustrating if you're watching it from a Virginia Tech standpoint. Um, and it just it, it always looked like Virginia Tech was on the edge of just busting it wide open. And they just never did. So, Virginia Tech, sorry, Liberty is is lining up to kick a a game-winning field goal as time expires, right? And they line up to kick it. Ball snapped, and it's blocked and returned the other way for a game-winning touchdown. One of the craziest things. One of the craziest things you'll ever see. And then the whistles blow, and Virginia Tech had called a timeout to ice the kicker. Hey Patrick, why did uh why did Virginia Tech call a timeout? To ice the kicker. No, that's not why. You haven't heard this, have you? Oh, oh is buddy. it men on the field or something? Buddy, this is this is the great irony, and this is why college football is a comedy, not a drama. Ready? Fuente called a timeout to make sure that Virginia Tech had their field goal blocking unit out on the field. Oh no. That's I mean, that's horrendously painful <laughs> i've got great news i've got great news coach field goal blocking unit was out on the field what's that oh you called a timeout just to make sure great so what happened when uh liberty lined up to kick it for a second time uh, yeah they went ahead and won the game didn't they didn't they yeah now they're seven and oh they're seven and oh and we all have to hear about how they're seven and oh now because liberty uh also one thing that happened uh, in this game that I will never understand was right before the uh, field goal mishap, you had Virginia Tech had uh, the game was tied. The game's tied. It's 35-35. Virginia Tech is now trying to get a defensive hold with like 20, 30 seconds left on Liberty before this field goal, right? Liberty runs... Uh, or excuse me, Virginia Tech comes out. They're in their dime package. Their defensive backs, the ball's at like the Virginia Tech 48, 49. Virginia Tech's given everybody like 10 yards of pad. So what does Liberty do? They look out, they say, oh, we've got 12 seconds left. And they throw a little 10-yard out route, and they just cheated up and got to kick a game-winning field goal because of it. And then the timeout was called. So not only was it bad enough to call a timeout, but that thing's going to happen, right? If he doesn't right. ice the kicker, that's bad, but it's like, okay, you can understand it. The way he did it and the reasoning he did it is dumb. But the thing that's even dumber is the fact that Liberty should have never had an opportunity to kick a game-winning field goal. If you just put yourselves in the correct defensive positioning, which they didn't do, I don't know if they got some scouting report on how Liberty's kicker, what his distance was like, but it had to have been 
just don't let them pass this yard line. Because if you go back and watch a game, defensive backs are like 10 yards off the line of scrimmage just sitting there watching the play happen. Mm. It was brutal. It was brutal. And honestly, I think you asked me who's in a worse mood right now between South Carolina and Michigan. Uh, Virginia Tech's got both of them beat by a lot. Because guess what? South Carolina and Michigan can fire their coaches after this year. And it's not great financially, but it won't ruin them. If Virginia Tech fires Fuente, oof. You don't have money to pay another guy. No, they don't. It's just not there. Virginia Tech's stuck with them for a while. Uh, Hendon Hooker, 20 for 27 for 217 yards and three touchdowns. I do feel bad for him because he's also the team's leading rusher with 20 carries for 156 yards. It's and like they a, lost. It's like my quarterback's on NCAA. And they lost. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'd say if you're a Virginia Tech fan, you're really salty right now. Liberty won. They're undefeated, but we don't care about Liberty. We're going to move on to Arizona. I think we, hold on. I think we should have an honest Hugh Freeze discussion. I really God, think we should. God, I hate. Never mind. I know Go you ahead. do. I, I know you do. Not a Hugh Freeze. And he fan. also, but he also, I know. No, no, no. Who, who would be a big fan of Hugh Freeze? Other oh, than I meant Liberty, but to, keep going. Other than a team wanting to win football games, but that is now the third Division One team he's beaten in three straight weeks. They're seven and zero. I mean, they're an FBS team. That's an, that's three straight, four straight FBS teams. I mean, Liberty I, Liberty could seriously vie. Sorry, for I should the, say I should say they've beaten two Power Fives this year. That power makes a five, little yeah, bit more sense. Yeah, I was about sense. to say I was like, you know, that Liberty's actually. I know they're great. FBS, but I forget that. I guess. I mean, they are tech, they are ranked in the top twenty-five, so they are FBS. But no, they've beaten two Power Five teams this year. They put a whooping on Syracuse, which I know Syracuse hasn't been good, but again, I mean, Liberty. This is Liberty. Liberty hadn't won a game like in the seventeen years since before he got there. No, I mean because there's no doubt right now that Hugh Freeze has put himself back in the should we hire him discussion, which is why I'm asking this, right? Should should we hire should an SEC team hire Hugh Freeze? If someone has the gall enough to hire DJ Durkin, then someone will right. be dumb enough to hire Hugh Freeze. But is it? inherently dumb if it works out yes is it yes. inherently dumb if I in three dumb. years south carolina is competing for sec east titles does anybody care about what happened at Ole miss anymore no no clearly they don't right we've seen that from and then motions generally to the landscape of college football that people don't care what type of a person coaches are they don't they should but they don't hugh freeze is one of the few coaches in fbs to get caught red-handed cheating and then three years later, be up for this discussion. It's ridiculous. Like it or not, I mean that's what people are talking about. <laughs> like it or not, he's in this now. Whether or not no, the I, SEC I know lets a team hire him, or whether or not he needs to take a different kind of job, like a, you know, obviously he would love to come back to the SEC. I don't know what his next. I'm, I'm interested to see what he's going to coach in Power Five football again. It's going to happen. Now, whether or not that's at a. Uh, you know, an SEC level school or a Oregon state, Oregon state, right. Kansas state. I'm not that Kansas state's looking for a coach right now, but just that. I level. know what you mean. Like, yeah. That, that'll be interesting to see. Um, I, man, I, I just, mean, I, I hate that Liberty touts their Christianity and their, their morals so much. And they, they have this holier than thou personality all of the time. And then they give a guy like Hugh freeze the shot. Yeah. I mean, everybody just, deserves second chances. I just, I, God, I hate Liberty. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about it's something that will make me even more sad. Uh, Arizona Norwood does not believe in second chances. Uh, Patrick Norwood does not believe in Liberty University giving second <laughs> chances. How's that? How's that? <laughs> if you guys want to know uh, why I dislike uh, Liberty University so much, go ahead and just look up the news, what's been going on academically at Liberty University for the past, I don't know, three, four months, and then you let me know why I don't like Liberty uh, based on how they tout themselves. Arizona State had a 99.6% chance to win with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, they lost. It's tough, they, man. They, they lost. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. I mean, they were they were up by 13 points. Uh, and then you had a Keaton Slovis touchdown pass. They went on a nine-play, 80-yard drive in a minute and a half. That's not great, but it ended in that Slovis touchdown pass. They're down 27-21. All right. Just got to recover the onside kick and get a knee down, right? That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. They did not do it, and they lost. They lost. 99.6% chance. 
I'm still a big believer in Arizona State this year, though. Jaden Daniels is the real deal. He's a, I mean, he's a good quarterback. You remember what he did to Oregon last year. But. He's definitely not Keaton Slovis, though, who threw the ball 55 times for 381 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw a pick, but it wasn't really his fault. It got tipped. Uh, Jaden Daniels had 111 rushing yards on 11 carries. He was 11 for 23, but out of those 11 uh, completions, he had 134 yards and a touchdown. Big believer in Arizona State. Really, really hate that they lost that game. But – I, I think Herm's got him going in the right direction. Uh, anything you want to say from last week before we move on, Brick? No, we've touched on we we touched on a lot last week for the uh-huh. fact that uh, the fact that our guys didn't play at Alabama um, hurts. Yeah, we, we we picked up a lot. Now this upcoming week, uh, this is uh yeah, well, this can- is going to be a discussion. All right, so let me just go over. Obviously, Alabama LSU has been postponed. Auburn sure. has been postponed uh, against. Um, uh, they were supposed to play uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. You have uh, you've had Georgia Missouri. You've had Texas A and M Tennessee. You've had Ohio State Maryland. All those games. Whoa, whoa, postponed. whoa, 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 whoa! You're forgetting one. UL Monroe and Arkansas State was also postponed this week. That was postponed. Air Force Wyoming, Memphis right. Navy. Now I'm right. on the ESPN page, but um, no, I mean the SEC has been. For, for the conference that was probably doing a better job than any, this is their red-letter week right now. And it could extend to next week. Who knows? Nobody knows any. There's nobody. Nobody knows anything. People act like they do. They don't. We've had our first case of, all right, really, what do we do with it? Because Alabama LSU being postponed. That's they massive. can't just push that game to December 12th, which is what the conference has been doing. All right, you'll play December 12th the week before the SEC championship. They can't do that because LSU – is already scheduled to play Florida because that game was postponed. So now what do you do? They're they are in a they are in a serious serious mess. And if it extends to next week, I don't know what happens with the conference. Yeah. If 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 the same issues are there are seven SEC games per week. Four of them are postponed right now, meaning there's only three Southeastern Conference games this week. If if this persists into next week, I don't know what's going to happen. That mixed with the idea that, I mean, we, you know, the conference didn't really account for bye weeks being a big deal, but, you know, teams, players go home on their bye weeks. And, and Halloween, this is, to me, it is very clearly Halloween-centric. Um, I mean, the rumor is that LSU players, their outbreak was stemmed from a Halloween party they all went to, which is super embarrassing because they lost, what, 41-7 to to Auburn or something like that? Yes. They got on Halloween? Massacred, yeah. 48-11, and they go out and party? That's a... Uh, now, Orgeron downplayed those rumors yesterday in the SEC teleconference. I was listening in on that at work, but if that's the, if the rumors are true, that's a bad thing. But it, they, they sort of... They made it as far as they could. We knew stuff would happen eventually, and then this week is just overdrive. Uh, yeah. I, here's my thing. <laughs> It's too late to cancel the season completely. It, it's too late. We we had this discussion on, I think, episode one or two of this year. If you have gotten this far in, it's too late to just completely cancel it. Now, they may take a two-, three-week hiatus and say, hey, we're playing this till January 15th. They may do that, but they're not just going to completely cancel the season. Not, not, not without the rest of it, especially when, you know, the SEC has Alabama and Florida as a, as as potential playoff yes, favorites, that is you that know, is huge without money. without the re- and and the fact that you know they sort of led the they were they were the they uh, the SEC had the best sort of PR going into the season. They were the they were the patient school that didn't cancel like the Pac-12 and Big Ten did, but they gave it two extra weeks. They had that sort of goodwill. Yeah. Um, without the without the other four Power Five conferences all hopping on, which they're not going to, because the Pac-12 is late to the party, and they're only they just two started. weeks in now. Yeah, and uh, they have they kind of stumbled out of the gate. You know, Big Ten had the Wisconsin problems, but I don't know what the answer is. Yes, they could push it a couple weeks. We haven't gotten any indication as to what they're going to do. Um, uh, Greg Sankey talked yesterday as well in the teleconference, and he. I mean, he's struggling. He he I, he doesn't have answers. No, he he's as stressed as he's ever been as a, com- a commissioner. Uh, as good of a job as he's done, I think he's done a better job than any of the other commissioners in college football. And yes. still, and still, I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's 
It's just, it's bad. It's just bad, but you had to imagine this was going to happen. They're college kids. They're college kids. It's dumb, but you can't sit there and try and control an 18 to 22-year-old. No. You can't. It, it's, just, it's just not going to work. Now, if some team's been more and then even your team, yeah. And then even your team can do all the right things. And, and then if it. you come into a contact with a team that didn't. Sure. Sure. And it's just, it, it's, it's frustrating, but, you know, that's, that's, that's the sort of uh, challenge that you face when you decide to play college football this year. This is what the players wanted, too. This is what the coaches wanted. This is what the conferences wanted. Everybody wanted to play. Everybody had to be prepared and know that this was a possibility when it got started. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my spiel on it. And, our, and our, I think numbers across the country are sort of kind of going back up again. Oh, I think that that's yeah. sort of big time. Yeah, I think that's I think that's sort of Halloween as well. I mean, we all saw the Snapchats, right? You saw the Snapchats on Halloween, yeah. did you not? Yes, I did. Well, and it's it's that, and it's also, you know, you've got people who it, it's getting colder now. And, they, and there, there's a fatigue across. There's a COVID fatigue. And I'll be honest, I fall into that all the time. I think everybody does, but that's human. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't want to get into f- too deep of a, of, a, of a conversation here, but like, I think it's human to sit there and go, you know what? I don't want to be in my house anymore. Mm. I'm going to go get my car and I'm going to go to get a beer. And if I get COVID, I get COVID. And then that person and even gets small COVID. things, even small things, just like at work, we have to wear masks. And sometimes it's easy to stand up and be like, oh, I'm only going yeah, 30 I'm going yards. six feet. I'm yeah. I'm only going that far and I'm coming right back and then you know. Yeah. So I mean it's 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 real. It's real. Um it's just what upsets me, Brick, is the fact that people want to make this and put it all on the players. They want to put it all on college students, and this is gonna be a little bit of my sound off. Nobody wants to point the finger at themselves, right? Yeah. And it's it's this is a pandemic. Things like this are going to happen. This again, this is what you signed up for when you said, Okay, we're gonna play this season. This was a possibility that you had to have known you were going to run into, especially with college kids. Um, but you can't you can't let it sit there and beat you because at the same time, yeah, all these games are canceled and it looks terrible. And, you know, you've got people left and right. Oh, cancel it. Get rid of it. There's no reason that we should be playing. It's too late. It's too late. You, can, you can't just you can't just slam on the bricks. That's not how this works. Um, you can postpone things. You can cancel certain games. You can't just say no more football. So I don't think we're there. I don't think we're there yet. I, I, I think I, I think that, but I do think that discussion comes up if we see four games postponed next week in the SEC again. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, I, I do want to say this. I've seen a lot of. I, I don't know. I don't. I. This is the first game that Alabama has had postponed and Auburn. So, um, I don't know. Maybe fans of other teams have already kind of seen. Maybe every team has this discussion when this happens. I do not, for a second, believe that that LSU. I've seen the people mentioning this on Twitter that LSU is 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 faking this or, or no. overblowing this so that they don't have to play Alabama. I just I I you can't get me to believe that those eighteen to twenty two year old athletes. I know they're have, having a bad season and struggling, but I can I you can't lead me to believe that they that they would just go along with 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 any of that and and that Orgeron well, as a coach is there's just that's just not to me that like, is not realistic it's like the argument against uh moon truthers right the people who are like oh you didn't like americans didn't go to the moon it was all it was a film stanley kubrick did it and they did it in a set and it was dark but they had stop do you know how many thousands of people would have to lie for that to be true to never yep. slip up to never let anything out not even once that yep. you're in the same thing here. You're saying that LSU coaches were like, Hey, we're going to say a bunch of y'all have COVID and that it's really bad just because we don't want to play Alabama. And you don't think you would have even one player that would go, Hey, listen to this. No, there's no way. There's no way. Some guy would tweet about it, put it on his Instagram story, tell somebody in one of their classes about it and it would get out period. And that just hasn't happened. The only concrete evidence that that is happening is Joe Schmo on Twitter saying that it is. Yep. So I said that, yes, I, that every time I see it and I roll my eyes at it, but it just bothers me. I get it. I get it. But let's, uh, let's, let's get to some games this week. Um, there's really not a whole lot to pick from now. How many are there? Slate's pretty bare. Um, but we're going to go over about three or four here. Miami at Virginia tech. The weird thing about this game, brick Miami's the number nine team in the country, right? Their one Mm -hmm. loss is to Clemson. They're one of the, uh, the leaders in the clubhouse right now, as far as, uh, the ACC title is concerned, because remember you only have, 
uh, you have one conference. There's no divisions this year in the ACC, right? Right. Conference standings, Notre Dame's the only undefeated team right now. So it's still a wide-open ball game for anybody, okay? You've got uh, that Miami team with Derek King, who's throwing the ball for almost 2,000 yards this season, right? You've got uh, uh, Cameron Harris, a really good running back. He's got uh, 408 yards this season. He's got five touchdowns. They are outrushing, outgaining, outscoring Virginia Tech in almost every single category, minus total yards, okay? And yet... They are a two-point underdog to the team who just lost to Liberty because they called a timeout uh, before they could block a field goal and return it back. Maybe Vegas knows something that I don't, okay? I don't see a way in which Virginia Tech wins this game. I don't know how they're favored. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm not doing enough research on Miami's defense and how... They sort of play against mobile quarterbacks because Hendon Hooker, like I said, was the team's leading passer and rusher last week. But I'm just not really sure how you can look at this matchup. I mean, ESPN's FPI gives Miami only a 38% chance to win the game. They're a two-point underdog. I just I don't see it. I'm going to take Miami by like three or four here because clearly Vegas knows something I don't. Um I hope I'm not horribly wrong, but I, I just don't see the drive from Virginia Tech right now. I mean, I honestly, I don't either. They've lost three games. They lost pretty pretty ugly to North Carolina, who has shown to not be super great. I know they came back a little bit, but North Carolina handled that game. It was handling them handily. Uh, how many times can I use that word? Yeah, that was good. Um, and <laughs> uh, they lost to Wake Forest. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. And, and then they lost to Liberty. I mean, I, I'd, and it's not like it's not like Miami's really been blowing people out of the right. Water. And I demonstrated that earlier as well. But but Virginia Tech's in the same boat, plus slightly worse. I mean, at least Miami's winning the close games. Virginia Tech's dropped three, and they haven't looked good. And they again, I know Liberty's now technically ranked, but come on, like I don't see it either. But hey, you know, I'm with you. I would I would I would try to win some money with Miami. Yeah. Uh, Indiana at Michigan State. I'm going to take Indiana here, but this is I think this is actually going to be a really good test for them. Um, you know, I don't think this is going to make me believe in them even any harder or any less, depending on what happens in this game, really. Um, but, you know, they go and beat the brakes off of Michigan State on the road. Eh, I'm starting to lean their way a little oh, bit, at I least. Mean, it, listen, we knew Indiana was going to be kind of good. But the problem is sometimes these kind of good teams don't know how to play up to the teams with the big name. They've shown us that they don't care, right? They beat Penn right. State and they beat Michigan. Penn State was eight when they beat them. They don't right. care if that that you know Michigan State is is traditionally a, a better program or you know they don't care. They're they're going to put up a fight against them. They're going to put up a fight against Ohio State. I'm not saying they're going to even remotely beat them, but they're going to they're going to play them. I I I think Indiana is going to win by 14 or more. I I could see it. I could see it. Uh, you've got the premier matchup of the weekend, Georgia State at Appalachian. No, I'm kidding. You've got Notre Dame at Boston you love College. That is you another. Love that joke. I love that joke. I did, I love giving some love to our group of high schools that we never talk about on this podcast because this podcast talks about teams who are going to make the college football playoff. Heyo, Notre Dame at Boston College this weekend, three thirty in Boston. Break any way the Eagles pull off the upset this weekend. We could see it. Uh, I mean, they almost pulled it off against Clemson when Clemson kind of came in sleepy. If Notre Dame comes in sleepy, comes into Boston College sleepy, I mean, their defense is good enough. Uh, uh, Jerkovich can move the ball around. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that – I think Notre Dame will see what they what Boston College almost did to Clemson, and that will help them sort of wake up for this game a little better. Yeah. But we've seen hangovers so many times in college football. If Notre Dame comes in hungover and Boston College comes out ready to throw a punch – I mean, I think Boston College yeah. will keep it close. I think they're going to keep it close either way. I but. think they're going to keep it close, but I'm, I'm still going to give the nod to uh, to Notre Dame if the correct Ian Book walks out on the field. Now, if it's the Ian Book that played against Duke to start out the season, they're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. Uh, Brick, the last game that I want to talk about uh, seriously is Wisconsin at Michigan. At what point total does Harbaugh get fired after the game if they lose to Wisconsin? How many points does Wisconsin have to win by for Harbaugh to get fired? Right now? Like in yes. mid-season? Yes. Uh, 80. I don't think there's much chance that Harbaugh doesn't make it to the end of the season. Uh, I'm going to say 52. 
Wisconsin comes out and either blanks Michigan and wins 52-0 or it's 55-3 or something, I could seriously see him leaving. Sure. I just don't I, I think see that, that being gonna, a departure. I don't think that's going to happen. No, uh, but I, if that, I, yes. I don't either. Realistically, uh, I think Harbaugh makes it to, no matter what, makes it to the end of the year and then is let go after the Ohio State game. That is a 7.30 p.m. ABC game. I'm going to take Wisconsin by 14 there. Brick, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to pick Wisconsin by double digits. Ladies and gentlemen, now that we have uh, kind of a, a weird slate, I do this every week, but you really can actually follow along now if you want to. Some really good games to watch out for this weekend that you may not have thought of. Uh, you've got Penn State at Nebraska to decide who's going to get their first win on the season. That one could be interesting. Uh, you've got uh, USC at Arizona uh, for a little Pac-12 action in the afternoon and a Pats interference favorite game, the Butt Bowl, Baylor-Texas Tech. If you look at their logos, it says butt. The Butt Bowl is at 4 p.m. this week. You get the Butt Bowl. You get Arkansas at Florida. I don't think that's going to be a good game, but I won't be surprised if it's a a little bit closer than people expect. And then guess what, Brick? We get Pac-12 after dark back again, baby. You've got Arizona State taking on California. Forks up. Utah at UCLA and Oregon State at Washington. Utah playing their first game of the season. That's Uh, an 11 p.m. Eastern game. That's an 11 p.m. East kick, yes. So you really do have Pac-12 after dark. Don't listen. Pace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. That game's going to be done at 2.30 a.m. your time. You watching it all the way through? It is a marathon, not a sprint. Absolutely I'm not watching it all the way through. When's the last time you stayed up till 2.30? Me? Yeah. Huh. Two weeks ago, probably. Oh, okay. So It it happens more frequently than you think. But it's not like because I'm out doing anything or like something interesting is on TV. It's usually just because me and my wife are talking and then we look up and go, oh, crap, we need to get to bed. Aw. That's just, that's how we are. That's yeah, Jade has that effect. Jade does have that effect. When She's a talker. Jade, when, you, when you're with Jade, it doesn't feel like any time is passing. No. Well, she just she talks that much, you know? <laughs> um, that sounds really mean. She would love that joke. She, she I, would actually think that's funny. But You, you wanted to talk about, um, yeah, let's talk about, about, about rushing the field. I'm I, Listen, I am in complete agreement with everybody who says that uh, it was ridiculous for Notre Dame students and the current climate to rush the field that's dumb it's irresponsible i'm not going to chastise them as much as say their school president who openly admitted to going to what he called a coronavirus super spreader event that was the one where trump and a bunch of his advisors all got it right you remember that yeah notre dame's president was there okay (laughs) okay did not wear a mask because quote he wanted to fit in and then chastises his own student body for rushing the field after upsetting the number one team in the country oh. in double overtime. Oh, go in. Okay. Now listen, again, do I think it was dumb to rush the field? Yes, absolutely. But where are the adults here? And I'm not saying that like college kids are like worthless babies that can't make decisions for themselves. I will say it a third time because I know someone will text me and be like, how can you defend? I'm not defending them. It was stupid and they shouldn't have done it. What you're doing but is you're is you are guess, attacking the hypocrisy of the Guess president. what though? Well, guess what? Where are the adults? You know what happens when you try and rush the field in an Alabama game? You go ahead and tell me. We both went there, and you've been on the sidelines multiple times since then. What happens when you try and rush the field at Alabama? Uh, you don't make you don't make it past the thing. Yeah, you're greeted by about 16 security guards who line the sidelines of the game, uh, line the sidelines of the field after the game. I should say. Where is that Notre Dame? Don't give me the we don't have money to hire part-time employees because we all know that's not true. We all know the fact that. Uh, you consider yourselves super prestigious and, and the we are the bar, we're a prime contender, we are the standard for college football. If you are, figure this out. And it, it's almost like they weren't expecting to win. How is this plan not in place? How is this something that, oh, it, these students, how dare you? How absolutely dare you? How could you go and rush the field? Yeah, it was freaking dumb. But you know what's dumber? Is the people who are in charge not making the decision to stop something before it happens. How interesting that would be in this country if leaders would actually step up and stop a crisis from happening before it happened. I mean, uh, uh, Brian Kelly said in his presser that he told his players, when we win this game, the fans are going to rush the field. I need you guys going straight to the tunnel. Yeah. 
Yeah, and now pre-game, now, he told them that he knew it was coming. He knew, he knew. But it's just, it's just mind-boggling to me that people can just look at this and blame this solely on college kids. That's dumb. Also, and I'm gonna be that guy. Saturday, the election gets the called right, and whether or not it's actually over is not. We're not a political podcast. We are a college football podcast. For the majority of people, in their mind, the election is over. What does everyone do? They go out to the streets and they parade. Now, non-COVID, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. You want to go celebrate? You want to shoot off fireworks at 11 p.m. in the neighborhood? Have at it, big guy. That's all you. You're proud to be an American? I'm proud for you, okay? But to then sit there, and I, this is just, I'm calling out one person who sometimes listens to the podcast, and I really hope they're listening this week, because I saw you do this. If you ever tweet at college kids and call them moronic while you have gone out and done the same exact thing, partying in a downtown street with a mob of people, you are no better than them. And you don't get to chastise anybody, and I will call you out. Hey. Still thinking about doing it. Go on, you. I'm, I'm sorry. It, just, it really frustrates me when people are just, they just want to blame sports or what people react to sports as this crazy, weird thing to do, and then they go out and do the same thing. It's dumb. That's it. That's my sound off. I got I got way more heated about that than I thought I was going to. I'm bad. glad you did. That was really that was really impassioned. Uh, my sound off this week. So the Masters started today, and for most people, are we allowed to say the word Masters on here? Are there are there lawyers going to come after us? It's kind of like uh, saying, you know, yeah. the big Olympics. games, yeah. right? Yeah. The, mm, uh, yeah, we have to call it the Summer Sports Spectacular. The or something summer. Like that. <laughs> I've got a story golf's, about that, but golf's biggest stage. Golf's biggest stage uh, started today um, out in Augusta. And besides the fact that they're a grown man watching golf right now, which I think on a Thursday is a waste of your time, at least wait till Sunday, but whatever. People watch NASCAR too. Watch what you want to watch, I guess. Yeah, sure. It's free country. Do whatever you want. It's a free country. I mean, I'm not going to choose to watch golf on a Thursday. I'll watch it on Sunday if Tiger's in the lead. Uh, anyway, that's just me saying I don't really care that much about golf. Yeah, we but, know. But I have heard multiple, and I'm not saying I've heard this one time. I have heard this many to several times since they first announced the Masters were going to be in November. I've heard grown men say things like, oh, yeah, but I mean, how can you really have the Masters in November? Like, the azaleas won't be blooming. Bro, what? Trees, are we talking bro? are we are we talking about sports or are we not? Are we or I mean the flowers? You can't play the big you can't hey, we can't play the Super Bowl this year because there there won't the flowers won't be out. Can't play the Rose Bowl because we can't have a rose parade because all just, the roses just, are dead. It's just not the same without the azaleas. That is the weakest BS. <laughs> that is some weak ass BS right there. Some yeah. some absolute I, I think they need more of like a uh, like a Wrigley Field mentality, right? The Ivy dies and like the Cubs are just like, Psh, screw it, right? Who cares? It's, it's a plant. It's a plant. You're it's talking plant, about bro. the Masters, the Green Jacket, the biggest thing that your boring sport has, and you're gonna go, mm, this is t- I'm torn because like, yeah, I want to see the Masters, but the 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 flowers won't be there. The azaleas won't be there. Come on, man. If you're a grown man and you've said that within the last six months, re, re, reorganize you, the way you think about what golf is as a sport. Is it a sport or is it just a thing that young well, chaps go to do? This, I, I, what is, what this is, is this? This is, this is what, this is my big thing with golf, right? Is it tries so hard to be more important than it is. And it's awesome. It's like, I love golf, okay? I really do. But like my wounds from Golf Channel and and sort of scarring myself from watching so much golf early in my career is kind of over. I really enjoy watching it. The thing is... Yeah, you're one of those weird guys that likes it. The thing is, golf tries way too hard to be the old rich dude sport. Rory McIlroy wore a hoodie the other day to play golf, and there were articles written about it. That's awesome that he wore a hoodie, especially this if it's is cold. A multi. Also, it wasn't like like I'm wearing my fat guys win games hoodie right now. It was like an offensive lineman like meme page that I followed. Got a coupon and bought the hoodie because I thought it was funny. 
it was like a nice, like tri-blend Nike Golf branded hoodie that he was given by a sponsor, and people chastised him for wearing it. I, I just, I, I just don't under, I, I don't get it. I don't get like golf could be really cool. Golf could be a really, really cool thing. Golf people insist on making golf absolutely suck all of the time. Thank you. That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to to actually put. Really, I, I get that the the flowers and it, it's all a joke to me, and it, it's super silly that anybody would that that wants to consider this a sport is going to have a problem with with ha- not holding their biggest thing because it's not the same because the flowers aren't there. But what, but what that is really is a microcosm for how I feel about golf. And yes, and yes you're there. Uh, the people that try overly hard to make it elitist, it, that turns me off. Yeah. It turns me off to the whole thing, right? I, I would love to go play golf in jeans, not even jeans, shorts and a t-shirt in the summer. But there's, there, like 85% of courses would not allow that. Yep. You're right. Would not allow me to play a sport, an outdoor activity in comfortable clothing. That drives me nuts. It drives me nuts, too. It absolutely drives me nuts. Uh, listen, uh, one more thing before we go. Uh, I would be remiss if we didn't say R.I.P. Alex Trebek, which is it's terrible that he passed away, and he was a, a multimedia icon. I'm not even going to say yeah, TV. One, I'm not even going to say Jeopardy or Game Show. A multimedia icon, right? This guy is the king of kings as far as game shows are concerned, as far as television is concerned. He is that dude, okay? I want to say rest in peace to him. I also want to go over this because I think it's a great podcast discussion. There is a sportsbook odds uh, website that has out who Alex Trebek's replacement is going to be. Okay. Ken Jennings is in the lead right now. He's got one-to-one odds. I think that's the the safest bet. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you some of the other names and I'm going to stop reading when you start laughing. Okay. Uh, You've got Aaron Andrews, Howie Mandel, Mm-hmm. Wolf Blitzer, mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harris, oh. Jimmy Kimmel, okay, mm-hmm. Mina Kimes, Steve Harvey, oh. Nick Cannon. <laughs> okay, there it is. That's I the one it. I started laughing I at. Too. It. I, I got that. I got this. I'm putting money on Nick Cannon. Yes, I got Nick Cannon right now. Uh, is at five thousand odds. Plus five thousand. Joe Rogan's at sixty six hundred. Okay. Sixty six to one odds. Yeah, I, I'm sorry that that has nothing to do with college football or the podcast, but yeah, R.I.P. to Alex. Trebek. Well, you know, one of my fa- like one of my all time dreams is to host Family Feud. Family Feud. I think you'd be great at Family Feud. I would love. To it's because it's Feud. it's you you give a question to like a very it very obviously warrants a kind of like. Family right. Feud after dark response, and then you just right. stare into it's, the camera when the yes. person actually says the a answer. That's the whole answer. job. That's the whole it's, job. And it, it, no, I that. love when Steve Harvey will say things like, "Like we asked a hundred grown men, what part of a body do you like when a woman touches?" And when somebody says something that's that's slightly suggestive, yes. he acts all. I love that so much. Yes, that is. I, I think you'd be great at that. Uh, game we used show. to have a we used to have a, a Family Feud drinking game in college. I would say I would want to host uh, Deal or No Deal if they ever brought it back. Be um, just because all, your whole job is to be like, uh, what briefcase do you want? 44. Uh, 44, what's in your briefcase? No, idiot. That's not right. Get off the show. That's the entire show. Yeah, you would be good at that. I would love that one. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to our college football podcast. Uh, we will be talking to you next week. Uh, Brick, hopefully it's a little bit sunnier on the other side of this week uh, as far as college football and many other things are concerned. But there's nothing better than doing a podcast with your best friend in the whole world. Yeah, whole world, baby.